Warning, we're going to be discussing events for currently running weekly anime. If you want to avoid spoilers for certain shows, there are timestamps in the description. Hello everybody, get your swimsuits ready because it's summer season and Time Seek Anime Podcast is back. Yep, back to our regularly scheduled programming, more or less, because we're still trying to kind of get back into the habit of doing this on a weekly basis. But seriously, those swimsuits. Yes, uh swimsuits it's um it's gonna be a relatively hot season in both the fact that there's some pretty good shit coming out right now and that it is getting really goddamn hot out actually yeah Uh, it's uh, a hot season for hot weather yep it's uh summer's crazy like there's a lot of good stuff popping up yeah there is a lot of really good stuff coming out this so season. much stuff coming out that we haven't got a chance to get around to all of it yet yeah but we'll <laughs> discuss that in the future woohoo we are procrastinating because we're well, i mean it's, it's kind of procrastinating and it's also kind of just there's a ton of stuff to watch right now like oh yeah absolutely. more than last season for sure yeah last season it was kind of a uh it was kind of a lull there was a handful of good to like of good things like but nothing really that stood out like amazing last mm-hmm. season but i mean aside from bruce basket beginning but but that's kind of more the uh the exception rather than the rule yeah so this we, uh, season we, we we've uh watched about six new shows so far uh and we're going to talk about those today and then next week we're going to be talking about probably some more new shows and also figuring out what we're actually going to keep actually yeah. wa- actually talking about for the um, rest of the season yeah it seemed like i don't know about you more or less i've kind of had uh i've picked at least uh because we've talked a little bit about this off of uh off microphone which uh we were planning on going cutting it down to half of what we would yeah we counted in the past or talked about in uh, past seasons and so yeah we are going to be cutting it down to at least half so we're going to be a grand total of six shows which coincidentally is how many we're talking about today uh yeah so to start off the list, we first are going to talk about Dr. Stone. Uh, this yeah. is the cash cow, the yeah. the the big old money horse that uh, people are bringing in for this season. Uh, yeah, Crunchyroll has also been pushing the hell out of this show. Yeah. Like, enough to the fact where they are literally putting their uh, their logo in like the opening sequence. Like actually, like they're the ones funding it or something. It's what it's the kind of idea that they're getting across. At yeah, this I point. think the show's produced by crunchyroll i think so yeah or it might not be produced but localized or something like that crunchyroll is a big hand in the show yeah they have a huge hand in the show Mm. and they're certainly um uh they're certainly making it known so the the source material for dr stone as many of you probably know is uh incredibly popular Mm -hmm. uh is it is it shonen jump Yes, it is a Shonen Jump series, yeah, and it's a very um, different shown, like very different than your standard Shonen affair. Well, so the story behind it is, Doctor Stone was originally going to be a story about Taiju. Taiju, yeah, the big buff, muscly guy. Yeah. Uh, turns out he wasn't that popular. Nobody liked him. Everybody liked Senku more. So the author ended up switching his focus to have the story like be about senku i guess and now this like now like it, it was kind of stumbling but now it's doing really well yeah kind of it's basically they're decided to focus more on vash the stampede light over there mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's what some people have pointed out he looks like vash the stampede kind of with his hairstyle so uh yeah i'm i'm really liking the show so far we've seen the first two episodes yeah and, the first uh, episode was incredibly well paced yeah by the way. i th- actually was a little let down with the second episode 
in terms of like I, I thought the first episode was better mm-hmm. uh, because uh, with the introduction of the, the oh, strong man, yeah, strong middle school man, I, I thought it was a little kind of too campy uh, because like in the first episode they're like yeah it's fantasy but also we're gonna use science to yeah. solve everything. Uh, so we're like, okay, maybe this is going to be a fantasy show grounded in a little more of the science side. And then all of a sudden, this fucking middle schooler shows up and starts punching lions with the bare hands. He killed a lion with yeah. one punch. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, I didn't really even stop to consider how, <laughs> like, insane it was at the time. Like, I kind of, like it, was se- it did seem to be a little bit more grounded in realism at first. I mean, as... About as realistic as a kid who's literally counting seconds to the Yeah, I mean, it's obviously day. fantasy. And I, that's just... It's a minor gripe. It's It didn't really take away from my enjoyment. Yeah. I, I was actually... I was pleasant. I was still enjoying it, nonetheless. Because even as ridiculous as some of the uh, concepts are in this show, it's still a ridiculously entertaining show. Like, especially... Like, especially just the banter between uh, Senku and Taiju. They're both incredibly fun characters to watch kind of play off each other. Yeah, they have a very good straight man comedy guy yeah. uh, kind of feel The fool and the straight man, yeah. yeah it's cause, a, it's cause, a bit uh, as old as time. Because Taiju's just like, yes, I am strong, I will go do this thing. And then Senku's like, yeah, you're dumb. Yeah, you big and, oaf. Uh, um, I think they're characters that work really well together. Yeah. But I don't think that... Like, I don't think I'd want to see either of these characters as they are on their own. Yeah. Like, in the, when they develop later, they might be more interesting. But as they are, they're uh, very focused character traits where Senku's just, like, the nerdy guy. Yeah, and Taiju's really like, smart. Taiju's the really loud buff guy. Uh, but, yeah, they mesh together mm-hmm. on screen really yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. And as they, um, as they've... As the show will point out to you time and time and time again, they're all about, like, separating the brains and the brawn. It's it's a really good dynamic, and it really just fits their personalities, and it fits their um, and it fits their chemistry yeah. incredibly well. This new guy, though, I I was really interested in him near the end of the episode. Uh, yeah. It felt like a lot of the second episode was just kind of setting up for him to be this nice guy. Yeah. But I, I was a lot more interested when he just punched the head off a statue, and he's like, oh, all adults are corrupt. We have to make a new world with only ki- only us young kids yeah and there's a there's a bit of an idea to that like uh and it's fascinating because senku wants to rebuild society from the ground up and do that like basically face impossible odds as he says sprint to the top from the Mm -hmm. stone age to the modern age with the power of science meanwhile this other guy wants to basically live in an untainted society where pretty much the people he deems worthy so i imagine the ridiculously strong and or useful are the only ones who actually live no it wasn't based on how strong or useful they are it was based on how corrupted they are he didn't want adults around because they were like oh i i was here before Mm -hmm. you owe me all this stuff Mm -hmm. he wants a fresh start and with anyone who's in a position of power they're not going to have a fresh start so they wanted the the youth, no one who really has anything at all. So they're all having a fresh start in this new world, and they they couldn't he couldn't trust uh, people that had things before to accept that fresh start. I I guess so, but at the same time, it does seem like he sort of wants to go to a little bit more of a primitive kind of world, one where that's a little less on. Because he doesn't really seem to, at least as far as I've heard from, this might be not so much anime stuff, but more manga stuff that is going to be covered later. He seems to be more fascinated in a 
untainted Eden that isn't so much corrupted even by like things like science and stuff like mm. that. So it seems like there he's more interested in having a quote unquote idyllic uh, state of nature type society, whereas Senku wants the modern sort of uh, everything is scientific and. And in his worldview, that's the perf- that's perfect. It looks like he's setting up to be just the antagonist of the series. Well, the localized antagonist, because I think the main antagonist is whoever's behind the turning yeah. everyone to stone thing. Yeah, and I just want to point out, it's no surprise that this whole series starts off, like, considering japan's history and stuff like that the series starts off with a bang with a bright light basically all of a sudden everybody's stone whereas in what actually happened nobody existed anymore at that point because you'll see it a lot in japanese media where they always like will almost always show like a big explosion of some kind obviously reference to what has actually happened in their history Mm -hmm. which it's not i'm not saying it is a bad thing it's just it's fascinating to see once you're aware of that how often it's actually used in japanese media and they kind of did that here because one of the biggest uh, things people talked about during like the atom bomb when it was first being developed and stuff like that or when when that whole uh thing was a big fear it's like you'll see a light a light brighter than anything you've ever seen in your entire life in that whole duck and cover <laughs> propaganda oh uh, yeah, yeah 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 you know the one but it it's kind of silly but it just, that was a little bit it's of a an tangent. interesting little parallel. It, yeah. it is. And I'm curious what caused this. And obviously that's a, that's also Senku, what he wants to figure out. What caused this to begin with? Yeah, so I think the question is not, is Dr. Stone going to be a good show? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a good show. The question is, is it going to live up to the hype that everyone's yeah surrounding it because everybody because there have been very few shows that have been ridiculously hyped up that haven't uh that haven't quite lived up to the hype or some that and even fewer that have lived up to the hype i guess is what i'm trying to get at what was the show that came out like two seasons ago that was like that actually did live up to that hype what promised neverland yes that's the one (laughs) yeah that definitely lived up to its hype yeah Uh, shield hero not so much i can't believe i forgot that that was my favorite show that season but Anyway, that aside, um, and we'll talk about more about Shield Hero when we actually do our spring 2019 uh, season wrap-up. Yeah, it's coming up soon. Yep. Uh, so, enough about Dr. Stone. Next on our list is the other really big blockbuster, Fire Force. Yeah, this is my favorite show so far this season because not only does it have like really kick-ass Sakuga, especially in like the first episode, uh, but it also has surprisingly... It's a surprisingly deep character. Yeah, surprisingly. I mean, like, I never... I didn't finish reading Soul Eater. I didn't... I got really close to the ending. I just never got to finishing it. And this is by the same author as Soul Eater. I remember the characters being quirky and Mm -hmm. fun and occasionally kind of disturbing, like, depending on who you were looking at. But, yeah, this... These first couple episodes did a pretty damn good job of like cementing like these characters and kind of what they're going through and what trials they'll have to overcome as the series progresses yeah at least with um shinra shinra yeah i i i really expected the show to just be like badass fight scenes and fire, well, there was certainly a lot firefights of uh i didn't expect to immediately like within the end of the first episode feel so bad for shinra because you have this the time the time old story I was a kid and I had a nice family. Then all of a sudden my family died 
uh, for whatever reason, you know, yada, yada. Then I grew up to be a hero. Uh, but the, I, I think the way they portray Shinra is really interesting because that the, the key thing here is that makes him so interesting is that smile he mm-hmm. has where whenever he's nervous, his facial, his face muscles tense up and it makes it look like he's smiling mm-hmm. or whenever he's upset or anything. Uh, but that small twist, I think puts such a human touch on yeah. him because all these situations where everyone thinks like he's in such a bad situation and he's torn up inside about it but he's smiling and everyone thinks he's a monster like oh his mom just died and he's smiling yeah the guy has a little piece of shit exactly and that's a that was something that certainly made me feel really bad for shinra they might have hammered home the point a little too much in the first episode they they kind of like played they kind of like uh played it down a little bit like but still delivered like the punch I think needed to kind of uh, convey those emotions like in the second episode a bit better but the first episode still yeah it set up this character and his motivations and why he wants to be a hero in the first place really damn well mm-hmm. and one of my personal favorite things about this uh, about this series so far is the heavy line work they do with the infernals it it looks it's such a stark contrast to the character designs of everything else, like, and how, and it just makes them just stand out that much more and make them seem almost otherworldly. Yeah, especially when you compare the line work of the people to the monsters. Yeah. It's a really artistic way of making, like, this is different. This yeah. is a lot different than what you're looking at. And, yeah, this, and this thing is absolutely... It pops out more, and therefore mm. makes it a little bit more strange and a little bit more horrifying. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like in how, what they do in Madoka. Oh, yes. How they have normal animated characters, and then the monsters are kind of like paper craft. Yeah, all the it basically it's just shafts showing off. Like this is how weird and avant-garde we are. Ooh. But but the point is like the more you shift something uh, to a different art style in the same uh, frame or like yeah. the same animation. Uh, the more weird it seems uh, compared yeah. to everything else. It, you know what? Uh, other series. It's not an it's not anime, but another series that come did this to great effect actually was uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog. They did that all the time. <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah, but they the, did that all uh, the time. King Ramsey. Oh God, yes, it, it terrified like ten year old me. Yeah, and it just made. Uh, I mean, and that was just one example. There are numerous examples of that show of, like, incorporating (laughs) uh, different art styles uh, just to kind of deliver, like, a creepy aesthetic to it. And basically, that's all I'm saying is that makes this show mm -hmm. kind of stand out a lot to me is how uh, scary, actually, the Infernals seem to be. But less so in the second episode, actually, which was interesting because... They set up in the first episode how the Infernals are these terrifying monsters and, like, how, like... How refu- how much they refuse to be put down and stuff like that. But then in the second episode, it kind of shifts them almost immediately to almost being a little bit more sympathetic. Yeah, because I think realize... it's definitely a out-of-the-norm kind yeah. of infernal. Because all the infernals they do deal with are usually just... Yeah, I mean, but you get but the fact that they're introducing that plot point so soon kind of makes you realize, yeah, you're right, these were people at one mm-hmm. point and they're not and they're not all like ridiculously mindless monsters some of them are really just trying to do their best to cause as little damage to the survivors yeah. because that's what the second episode was about like what the fire force is actually there for it's not just to kill the infernals it's to make sure the survivors that are left behind actually are okay at the end or at least this specific division because yeah, the yeah, captain it's... yeah the guy um 
who's wielding Excalibur. Yeah, sh- I don't remember what his name is. Um, Arthur, Arthur Boyle. Arthur, yeah. The re- uh, and it's very fitting because he believes he's the King Knight. He says yeah. that constantly throughout this episode. Uh, he, um, the the way he interacts with like the the Infernal at the end, and how, and he he was all about like. Uh, I want to show my weapons in public, and yeah, it, it was a really interesting tonal shift. How near the end he just goes up and just uh, doesn't like make a big scene of it. Just ends up just killing the infernal. He, just, one. he basically puts it to rest. Is yeah. lit- he doesn't try to like fight it or make some grandiose display out of it. He just wants to do his duty, which at that moment is just making sure that this person, because it is still a person at that mm-hmm. point, really. I mean, yes, it's an infernal, but. He was still human to some degree, trying to not hurt his daughter and just sitting there calmly. The world is fascinating. I have so many questions, uh, like little things about the show. Like uh, the religious aspect is really interesting to me. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Because I'm curious if they if they need a priest or priestess or Uh, sister on site. Yeah. uh, For when they're killing Infernals, is this for calming the loved ones who are left behind they're like oh we're sending someone to let the, put their soul to rest or is it actually like a magical incantation to make it so the the infernals disappear um, or is it all of the above well i think and i think it has to um, judging from the captain's uh talk it's basically i think all the above really because uh or at least with his division specifically his division as he's pointed out is different than others like especially with how he uh how he carries himself and how he instructs his uh, those in his in his team to carry themselves. Um, he basically wants, as he pointed out, there are others who deli- who think of it as like a sacred duty or they're part of a sacred ministry or something. And basically, how they have no qualms with uh, putting the uh, putting the infernals to rest. Meanwhile, this team is kind of more focused on helping the survivors cope and actually have foundation to stand on. So I think to some extent both ideologies are possible. They want, with the sister on site, it may be a magical incantation. We might find out more about that later. But at least in this case, it's definitely about calming the uh, the citizens. Yeah, I think I think that's mainly what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the show so far seems to have been setting up rules for their quote-unquote magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they don't have... Yeah, I think the only magic they have really is like pyrokinesis. Yeah, in different forms of pyrokinesis. Yeah, I think like what you said. I'm that they are literally just there to make everyone feel better. Mm-hmm. And the, it, it, I I love seeing uh, everyone's outfits though. Yeah, like the sister, she's in a nun outfit, but it's like thick and padded, and it's got like armor on it. it just yeah. Looks so <laughs> Uh, the captain's actually my favorite just the, because what, the mask. I, I'm a sucker for um, people in situations where they're hanging around other people with special powers, but they're on the same level as them without the special powers. Oh yeah, absolutely. That makes it so cool. Just, uh, yeah, and just the fact that he has to go out with fucking thirty kilograms of equipment every time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, that's just. I love so how he makes much. a big deal. It's like, oh, this is nothing. I train every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and his personality is really cool. He's yeah. such a, like, a responsible. Yeah, and as he's. Um, um, and he doesn't really seem to have a whole lot of stuff that makes him angry. Even they pointed it out. Except for, let's have our weapons in public. That kind of made him go, okay, what did I just tell you? 
which yeah, I think the, is a, like the one thing that makes him angry is uh, not treating the family members right. I think. Yeah, I think so. And I, I want to know more about these characters, especially like the the show has no shortage of personality when it comes to characters. Soul Eater was much of the same way. I love the characters in this so far. They're just so much fun, and they just yeah. have such good chemistry and bounce off each other so well. So next up is Grand Belm, otherwise known as uh, Magical Girl Mecha Battle Royale. Yeah, the <laughs> it seems like the first it, like the first episode had a hard time deciding what kind of show it wanted to be. Like it it had like almost five genres like kind of thrown together it's like oh it's school- oh it's schoolgirls nope it's magical girl nope it's mecca nope it's isekai what the, what the fuck is this it's eh, i like it no i i, I, I like it a lot I, I, also i wouldn't say isekai it's more like a parallel world no i'm i'm joking of course because they even make that joke it's like is this another world no <laughs> it's not another world <laughs> no i I wasn't saying that as a bad thing. I'm just saying at first it kind of like gives you a little bit of whiplash with, okay, what exactly is this show's angle? Yeah. So I like it though. First, we got to address the very, very large elephant in the room. Uh, the art design is uh, the art teams. It's the same art team behind ReZero. Yeah. Same uh, character designer and director, right? Director, yeah, behind ReZero. So uh, it's like the, the white hair girl. The main one? Does she have white hair? No, it's black hair. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the the black hair girl. She looks like Amelia. Mm, yeah. Like, if she had white hair and a little bit of hairpins, she would look exactly like Amelia. And pointed ears, of course. Yeah. But, but yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I, I couldn't uh, love all the art. In I, couldn't, uh, I couldn't escape looking at this and thinking, you know, this reminds me a lot of Madoka Magica, because you have, like, the pink-haired innocent girl, then you have the, <laughs> then you have the, uh, the badass, like, veteran, the badass veteran with long, flowing black yeah, hair. Yeah, that's true. There's like, a little bit of a Madoka, yeah. Homura, was that her name? Yeah, Madoka and Homura, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I, but that aside, it, it's still an enjoyable watch so far, because, for one thing, the mechas aren't CG. Like, yeah, they, 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 they're animated really well. I don't... I'm not super in love with the SD Gundam chibi style of yeah. Mecha. I'm sure it'll grow on me, but at this point, it's just like... Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but yeah, this uh, this series so far, like, they, they threw a lot at you in the first episode. And in the second episode, it seems like they're kind of breaking more down into, like, what exactly it is that we're watching. Because uh, we're kind of figuring out more about some of these characters' backstories, like what the na- like what the nature of magic and stuff is, like why this uh, Grand Belm tournament exists. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem like there's any world-shattering or world-destroying implications here. Mm-hmm. Uh, because like, like the premise is like mages still kind of exist, and everybody wants to be this cool big mage. Mm-hmm. And you can only do that by winning the Grand Belm tournament every, like, what was it? an amount of long years yeah a long time exactly remember all of the details right now but uh i think it's more of like a personal journey yeah there might be more revealings later on uh but yeah like a lot of the focus seems to be on uh personal like wants yeah like the main character the main girl like the thing about her that i thought was personally fascinating is just the idea that she doesn't even think that her existence is really all that necessary she's just kind of an a normal person who if she didn't exist people really it wouldn't really make a difference to a lot of the people around her she would just kind of people would just go on with their daily lives without her and this as 
traumatic as it is, is actually the one thing that gives her self-worth. Mm. It's very Evangelion, actually. It's the one thing that makes her special. Yeah, it's kind of similar to how uh, Evangelion functions in that regard with uh, the main character. Like, like piloting an Ava is an absolutely like traumatic, horrifying thing, but it's the one thing that makes him worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So it's it's similar to that. And which... there's the uh, the other girl that lost in the first. I think she lost in the first episode, right? Yeah, she got she went explode. <laughs> and then she got because uh, when you die, it looks like when you die in that world, you don't die. Die. Yeah. You just your mech is gone, and then you're kicked out of the tournament, pretty much. Uh, she got essentially like ostracized from whatever group she was a part of. Uh, yeah. Uh, which seems like something that is probably going to cause her to go attack somebody or something. Yeah, she looks like she's a little unhinged right now. Yeah. Um, then there's the other girl who I think is even more unhinged. The redhead? But, yeah, the redhead. <laughs> the fiery redhead, which is interesting because... She's like the lead antagonist, it seems, right and now. And also possibly literally fiery because if you think about it she was complaining in the second episode about how like how fit how hot her body was and stuff like that but and oh yeah how she and was she taking to, like, an, ice an ice bath, bath. yeah yeah i don't so, know what that's that's all about i think she might be sick with something probably some magic sickness or something uh, i imagine so like i can't think of anything else at the uh, at the moment it's a magic though. fever yeah magic fever <laughs> But it does bring up an interesting thing. Like the whole, the whole premise of the show is there's only one mage. The uh, the princeps mage is what they're referred to as. Um, although the title is Grand Belm, and then the subtitle is the Two Princeps. So, hi, totally not Yuri Bait with uh, not Madoka and not Homura. <laughs> like I mean, I'm I'm almost sure that's where it's gonna go because it's a magical now kiss. yeah it's it's a magical <laughs> girl show and it uh and just judging from the subtitles like oh the two princeps wonder what that's going to be are they both going to be the princeps at the end or are none of them going to be i am interested because tune in next week for the sudden twist yeah the <laughs> it, 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 is it really gonna pull a monica where everything just goes completely off the it's fucking episode rails? three anything can happen yeah episode three rule still applies so next up, a little bit more of a lighter note. How heavy are the how heavy are the dumbbells you lift? So so I didn't come onto the show with very high expectations. Yeah, I was, I was like, okay, thinking... maybe it's gonna be a dumb kind of comedy fan service show. And it was which that. it is, yeah. <laughs> but it was done uh, really well. So like the the primary joke here is that uh, they're making a show to get fat lazy weebs to work out, um, and it's well aware of what. Yeah, it's, it's doing. very self referential. Uh, in what they're doing, which they kind of just revel in the stupidness. Yeah, and even the character kind of acknowledges it's like, what's with this uh, needless? You're needlessly pandering yeah. to the audience with this sexy display. <laughs> but I, I gotta hand it to them. They oh, first of all, equal opportunity fan service. Yes, <laughs> very large, muscly men. Huh. Uh, second of which, all, which I'm not sure how many women are into that. Sans one of the main characters. Yeah. Uh, but second of all, they give actual, genuine fitness advice. Yeah. Which I did not expect. I wasn't expecting it either. I I mean, and I was just kind of looking at, like, like, really? We're doing this? Mm-hmm. It's like, you're making it so obvious what you're doing. But I, that's kind of a strength in its favor, really, because yeah. it, it kind of adds to the comedy of it. Yeah, it's just kind of very obvious kind of gag humor. Mm-hmm. I, I really like how consistent they are with showing the calories of every single thing she eats yeah exactly i uh, that's that's a funny joke that i i hope 
it'll be more funny if they keep it consistent for the entire yeah, like even like the protein like drink that she had like after training they mm. showed like the calorie intake that she was eating um i think that this i think this series isn't going to be like expand anything beyond this i'm not like expecting any like ground breaking <laughs> yeah. revelations or anything like that like and this is probably not even going to be a show that we're going to be talking about week to week because there's not a whole lot to yeah. talk about but at the same time, it's still an enjoyable, fun, really funny show. Like, yeah. I wasn't expecting much. So that kind of helps a little bit, I think, in its favor. But Yeah, I think for, at least the foreseeable future, I'm probably going to keep watching it. Yeah, exactly. It, it seems like it's just going to be a, a fun show. Exactly. Uh, so next is Oh Maidens in Your Savage Season, which is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, like It's this... like a slice of life uh slice life drama yeah youth drama yeah that's the best way of putting but, it but uh the the difference here is that it's it's from the female's perspective yeah it's a uh it's a coming of age it's a coming of age story and kind of like a story kind of exploring like somebody's uh sexual discovery really but through the perspective of a girl like and mm. this is something it's it's not something I've seen a lot of personally, so that makes it a little bit more novel in yeah, my we've, eyes. Yeah, we've had like youth stories from perspective of girls, but not specifically focused around like puberty. And yeah, that and, kind of thing and blossoming <laughs> and blossoming sexual. Desires. Like asobiasobase, but yeah, exactly. That wasn't really serious. No, this is a little bit more of a serious take on it. it like it, with all the awkwardness and because a lot of the humor comes with how awkward this period. Yeah, it's of a life very is. uncomfortable show, but in a funny, yeah, kind of. tolerable way exactly like i it's just like it's hilarious like how many uh how many like sexual innuendos and like kind of imagery and stuff like the first and second episodes in particular are just like kind of playing on that fact because the whole the whole thing is is like they're teenagers they're kind of and they're figuring this stuff out but now they're at that point where they're just seeing it literally everywhere like they can't escape it everywhere they go they're aware of it and constantly made aware of it everywhere they go so that was such an amazing first episode for me because uh the whole like first like three quarters of the episode was just slowly building up to the girls learning about like sex and literature and trying to avoid uh trying to trying to get around talking about it uh and, and then it's just this uh the main character's slow build up from curiosity to more intense curiosity and then uh an explosion of full-blown panic when she walks in on her childhood friend masturbating <laughs> Which, yeah uh, that scene was just fucking fantastic like i like I, it was so real yeah because when i when i first saw it like like you actually called it right before it happened it's like oh he's probably jerking off and yeah. then <laughs> that's actually what happened and i was like oh my god like i was just kind of like open mouth sort of like I felt embarrassed for him. Yeah, I love how he handles it. He's just kind of like, huh, um, hot outside recently, isn't it? Yeah. It just, and then he just like slowly turns and zips up his pants, leaving the porn on the screen. Because yeah. you, if you like quickly react, like, whoa, 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 and try to turn try to turn it off, then it's like, well, I'm, then she knows I'm doing something wrong. But yeah. Maybe I like, could just wait, play it off. <laughs> yeah, just trying to pretend that nothing was going on, which there are a few different, uh, there are a few different reactions how, like, at least I've heard how people react to those situations. Like, some people will panic and just shut it down. Others will try to do what he did and basically just 
uh, pretend that nothing's happening, like nothing yeah. weird, I swear. Uh, but then her, her when she just freaks out and runs away and the music kicks in. And that... then his, and his just absolutely like, oh my god face. Yeah. Like he just burying his hands, like his face in his hands. Just like, I can't believe she saw that. That, that whole scene just screams like youth. Yeah. <laughs> it's just freaking out because you figuring out part of the way the world works. Uh, it, it just looks like such a fun journey. Yeah, like, it's, it looks like an absolutely, um, it looks like a great journey, and we're kind of figuring out more about these, uh, about these characters, like, individual, like, uh, journeys into this part of their lives. Like, their own sexual discoveries and stuff. Like, uh, you've got the main girl who's realizing, who realizes by episode two, which is, which is an awesome, uh, like kind of shake to the formula that she likes her childhood friend. Loves her childhood yeah, friend. Exactly. But I guess like kid kid love, which is basically like, I guess. Yeah, it's infatuation, but it's like that you're their first love. It's so mm-hmm. she's kind of realizing that and it actually admits it to her friends in episode two, which what is she actually gonna follow through with those feelings? Mm-hmm. Is she gonna try to do something with them? Well hopefully. Because I'm intrigued to say the least with that. Then you have the girl who's always like uh Who's always been seen as kind of plain, kind of boring, but plain then... Plain nerdy girl. Exactly, but is actually, like, super attractive. So, the subplot with her going on so far is that, uh, like, the guy who's kind of getting close to her, or mm. trying to get close to her, I don't trust that guy. Like, I feel like he's gonna, gonna just be that, uh, that kind of, like, high school guy who's just trying to get in her pants or whatever. Possibly. This is, this is know, what it feels like to me. Yeah, I, I didn't stop to really consider that, but yeah, that does seem like <laughs> a very real thing, which would suck if that was the case. Yeah. Like, And it just kind of feels like that's going to happen, because that's, that's the, kind of the tone of the show, because I said it's going to be a fun journey, but it also, it looks like it's going to get kind of heavy I in imagine, some parts. I imagine so, and I imagine that maybe some of the girls might realize that they're not attracted to guys, for instance, or like, or maybe they're just not interested in sex really at all which would be interesting mm-hmm. so showing some so showing some diversity there and a if the show continues at it the way that it's going in a mature and kind of nuanced way i'd really appreciate it i would give massive praise for this mm-hmm. show if they continue that route and actually show some difference in that C- regard can we talk about the uh the itchy crotch <laughs> joke <laughs> the second episode oh my god yeah <laughs> just like i want you to come into this restaurant and when i give you the signal this is like my crotch is just—it's really itchy. Exactly. Yeah, the old uh, oh, this guy wants to sleep with me, so I'll just tell him I have an STD. Move. And then when that doesn't work, I'll say, "Hey, you should hook up with my friend." And then also realize, oh, she also <laughs> has an STD. It. I love the line. Um, yeah, I have to pay you back for get for having an STD. And then the other friend Thank just you. freaking out. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. The show is just, like, hitting all the right notes in its first couple episodes. All the cast uh, is wonderful so far. Yeah. Like, be- they each, uh, they're each, it seems, having to struggle with a different part of, um, like, sexual maturity, kind of. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I kind of wonder if the, uh, I'm curious about the, the blonde girl who brought up the whole idea of sex in the first place, if that's something she actually wants to experience. Because makes me wonder if it's just something that she wants to be able to feel normal it seems because like she's kind of stressed how like she's kind of an actor and stuff like that and how she grew up in she grew up with acting experience so maybe she's just trying to play a part constantly and it makes me wonder if that interest like people have kind of primed her to think that was something you need to be interested in so 
maybe she's just thinking, well, maybe I actually have to be. Like, maybe she's asexual, even. Mm-hmm. I'm I which I would really appreciate that'd be really cool as I said not too long ago but the show is just absolutely awesome so far so last on our list that we're talking about today this is probably going to be one of the most epic shows this season aside and we've already got a few really how, epic are, you, how shows. are you using the word epic like it seems like a and I say like a fan I like a fantasy epic okay. literally because that word I feel like has yeah. Overused. I agree. <laughs> Nowadays. Like, I mean, but I mean a literal fantasy epic. Yeah. I, I, when I heard that, it feels very berserk Vinland Saga, yeah, by the Vinland way. Vinland Saga. The title. <laughs> yes. Sorry about that. But Vinland Saga, it feels, is going to be, from what I heard, it's basically, from what I heard initially, like some, like months back when, like, the manga was st- was going on, uh, they basically described it as berserk but Vikings, and it seems to be setting up that way. Yeah, I'm really... So they released uh, the first three episodes in one chunk. Uh, and I'm really glad they did because these first three episodes, it felt like I was watching a movie. Yeah. Like, it's very cinematic in the in the way of the storytelling and the action sequences. Yeah, let me just say, these first three episodes, very slow paced. Like, it's a, it is definitely a slow burn of the show mm. that it is by a, no means a bad thing as it was a good idea to release three episodes at once yeah first. absolutely because they're just kind of setting up this world these characters like um and because we know we are we know already where the story is going to go it's going to be a revenge story but they're building up just how does the character go from like a naive young boy to a revenge to somebody who's driven towards revenge yeah i think the the next episode is probably going to be the the end of what's the main character's name uh thorfinn thorfinn yeah at the end of his childhood mm-hmm. i'm assuming that uh by episode five we're probably gonna have a time skip probably in between four and five uh to him becoming an adult mm-hmm. because I, I think that's a lot of what they wanted to do like this is the they want to release most of the first arc per se yeah that i agree with that um and i just want to say it's cool that this isn't it takes place in actual like actual like this is our world no question Mm -hmm. about it this is our world like an alternate version of it but it is still our world there's still there's still greenland there's still iceland there's norway there's england um it's a really unique anime setting yeah i can't think uh off the top of my head of any viking anime uh no i can't think of any either like once again the closest thing to where it kind of uh, settles into like a western european style setting is berserk mm-hmm. like and it seems like this series drove heavy inspiration from it considering it's sort of darker tone that it's going to be going for and how it's a little bit more mature a little bit slower paced uh they did a really good job of putting a, an eye catch in mm-hmm. in the beginning where they showed uh Thor, yeah, Thor's? Thor's, yeah, Thor's? and they showed him just fucking cutting swaths through through bodies on to, uh, in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, this guy is basically Ooh. superhuman. Let me just point it, that out. It, like, it is wasn't... he jumping across like yeah. la- the the ocean or the sea or whatever you want to call it? Like, and from one boat to the next, it's like okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not wits. Well, it's wit studio. Yeah, but it's it's not like quite Titan level of uh of animation quality but uh, it's pretty up there yeah the 
I will admit the when they went for CG at first, it kind of threw me off. It was like, okay, that's a little, it's a little clunky. It's not really bad or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the there was like a CG scene where he's like, like a horizontally moving across the boat. Yeah, that was not that great. But uh, the like the sweeping camera shots when he's jumping onto different boats and cutting people in half. Yeah, that was pretty damn cool. This, uh, I'm looking forward to more. Um, like as this actually gets into the meat and potatoes of the plot, because like we've only. The first three episodes have really just been set up and kind of, like, building up the story that it's going to tell. It's like this is a prologue. That's what it feels like, mainly. It's a prologue. An mm-hmm. extended an extended prologue, but a good one at that. I actually expected the, I expected the three episodes to be his childhood. Like, I expected the end of episode three to actually kind of time skip. Yeah. That's what I think. Uh, that's why I'm assuming that the fourth episode is going to be but uh yeah i guess we'll find out can i just say also uh Askeland, or however you pronounce his name i'm gonna call him Askeland. which one's that uh he's the one that's being sent to kill thoris the 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 guy in charge of the uh, mercenary group yeah the pirate guy yeah that he handled the situation like ridiculously well like when he was negotiating with the uh, oh god that scene was so good it was and then the spear just comes flying through and it's like Whoops, sorry, my bad. Yeah, because at first you think it's just... Uh, I thought it was an intimidation trap. Yeah, and he's just he's just kind of surprised looking at the spear, like, oh man, that almost hit me or whatever kind of thing. Yeah. And then when they show the, the, the curtain come off and then... The, there was a guy in there. Yeah, and one, they of, uh, knew, one of his men. And they knew that he was there. And that was, that, that was such a power move. <laughs> yeah, that was... I loved that. Askeland is... And then even the, uh, even, I don't remember his name, but the, the captain, the one with the scar in his, mm-hmm. Floki, that's his Floki, name. Floki, yeah, yeah. Um, he had, and he was like, well, I guess he's not just empty words after all, which, that's a really good way of going about it. Askeland is a fascinating character. Like, he We're doesn't. be dead, though, in the next episode. <laughs> I, no, he's, Thorfinn is going to be the one, to, is going to join his group. That's the, that's the plot of the main story. He's trying to get revenge on Askeland and his group. Wait, where'd you get that info from? Um, from the from the actual title description of the series. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because because Askeland is like going to be a main character for a while. I think that as uh, Thorfinn is on his revenge, he's going to fi- figure out who hired him in the mm. first place. But I think for now, Thorfinn is mainly just interested in uh, killing Askeland by joining his group and eventually gaining his trust so he can kill them, as most revenge stories yeah, go. Yeah, so it's pretty obvious that Thoris is going to be dead the next episode. Uh, either next episode or the episode yeah. after that. Uh, it was pretty badass, so he just, he just jumps onto their ship, doesn't pull his weapon out, just starts beating the shit out of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because he's... I, I really like his character. Uh, he's been through so much shit, and then he... He finally had something to actually, what I actually wanted to protect. So he finally started to, you know, I don't want to fight anymore. Yeah, I don't want to kill anybody anymore. Uh, it, there were so many situations in the episode where, from an outside perspective, when, when all the kids are like, oh, I can't wait to go to war and all this. I'm like, you're dumb. You don't understand war. Uh, but I think it's, it, it would be a lot easier to think that way if you were in their situation growing up well yeah and given like their given like basically their religion and stuff like that Mm -hmm. they're taught that there's nothing more there's nothing more satisfying than dying in a a glorious death on the battlefield that's the greatest honor like one of their soldier like a viking can have also can i just say that thorfinn being able to break a kid's arm when he's like six (laughs) yeah yeah i saw him like hit him with the wooden sword i was like okay that kind of hurt but i didn't expect him to break his arm yeah that that was certainly something but 
that and also that entire scene when uh thorfinn went and his like thorfinn went to go into his dad's uh weapon chest and then pulled out the dagger but then the dad just grabs the dagger and it's just like you're watching him bleed and stuff that was just delivered that was so well executed just had a lot of uh intensity like a really poignant moment when you realize what thor's is all about and how he's afraid of what his son is going to become because he doesn't want him to go down that mm-hmm. path but it's looking like it's gonna happen anyways yeah exactly well, <laughs> well duh because yeah. it's a revenge story episode four uh thoris and thorfinn go home everyone's happy the end yeah imagine that imagine if that's actually <laughs> how it ended like all that the, no like the last uh eight episodes are just like a slice of life viking village show <laughs> yeah it, yeah could you imagine if that's actually the direction they took that'd be hilarious actually. i'd be fine with it <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be so anticlimactic but i would be totally okay yeah. it's it'd be kind of like uh the new god of war but without all the fighting because that's kind of what God of War is. Yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty much all the shows we have taken a look at for the, uh, the first week or two. Yeah, the first two weeks. Yeah, uh, we're definitely going to be taking a lot of time this week to uh, to catch up on, at least watch the first episode or two of the rest of the shows. Oh, uh, yes, absolutely. And, and then uh, we're going to be figuring out uh, probably which shows we're going to actually be sticking with. And uh, we're going to be, like we're gonna, like I said, we're going to be picking six shows. Uh, if you've been here before, we used to do 12. Um, but we're going to be doing six shows now. We're going to sit through the rest of the season talking about those six shows in more depth every week, every episode. And then there will we'll still probably be watching other shows. And we might, uh, and we'll you'll probably be able to find like reviews of that. Like, I'll personally be updating like all my uh, my thoughts and stuff like that on Kitsu. You can yeah, follow us too. there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Which, uh, the... Links to our Kitsu profiles are down in the links in the description. But yeah, thanks for joining us, everybody. It's great to be back. Summer looking to be a great season. Like, I mean, granted, especially when you're comparing it to the spring, but this it looks like it's going to be an amazing season full of a lot of really good shows. Yeah, a bunch of blockbusters. Absolutely. Well, it is summertime. So anyway, till next time, take care of yourselves. Anchor away, everyone.